Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Welcome to City Live Church. We are in a series right now called Church Misconceptions, talking about, uh, man, some things the church is getting right, maybe some things we could do better, uh, maybe some misunderstandings about the church. And so we had a great time last week, and today I am so excited. Uh, one of my good friends, I love our growing friendship, Pastor Terrence Mullings and his beautiful families with us. So first of all, can we just give it up for them? And... Uh, I really, I, I, these guys are so cool. I just, I mean, I just love them. I wish I was like half as cool as they are. I, they've got Australian accents. I mean, that right there, you can plant a church on that by itself. And uh, no, come on, they, they're here to plant History Makers Church, and, and they're just a beautiful ministry. They literally moved here from Australia for a heart for South Florida. Isn't that a beautiful thing that God would talk to somebody halfway around the world to come here? And if you know anything about South Florida, you know that we need more churches. We need more churches that are about people and love Jesus. And so, uh, man, God sent them halfway around the world right here in our community. And, and planning a church, y'all, is hard work. It is hard work. Uh, you know y'all difficult, and that's just the way it is. No, I'm messing. But it's, it's crazy. It's challenging. South Florida is wild. Uh, but God sent them here. And I, I'd say I love this couple. I love this church. Uh, I, I really love them both. From the moment I met them, I just thought, man, we're going to be friends. I like these guys. So with, with no further ado, would you put your hands together and welcome Pastor Terrence as he comes and brings brings the word today. So I love you, my man. Love you, Pastor Matt. Well, City Leaf, come on. Can we just start by lifting up a big shout of praise for Jesus here this morning? That was not bad. Come on, we can do a little bit better. Can we lift up a big ovation of praise for Jesus, who is the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He's a great God. He loves us. He's redeemed our life from the pit, and he's placed a crown upon our life and lifted us up so we can soar on wings like eagles to see further, to dream bigger, and to do great things in Jesus' name. And I think that is worthy of praise. He's a good, good God. Well, it is a distinct honor and privilege to uh, be back. This is uh, not my first time here at City Lift. I feel like family. And uh, I saw, on I think online it said guest speaker today. Well, let me just correct that right now. I'm certainly uh, not a guest not just a friend, come on. Some of you didn't know you had a black cousin all the way from Sydney, Australia. But g'day family, it's great to be with you this morning. Great to be here at City Leaf Church. And honestly, um, just with that worship, the presence of God is here. You know, the Bible says that when we worship God, He inhabits the praises of His people. And so because we've worshipped Him, we've actually welcomed Him here. And God is here. And I love the name City Lift. I just really, as I was driving here, I really believe that God is pouring out His Spirit upon this church. And we, we, I will build my life upon this rock. It is a sure foundation of the love of God. And I, and I felt that God was pouring out His Spirit in such a way that it's going to fill His people. And as, as it says in Joel, I'm going to pour out my Spirit, Joel in the Bible that is, uh, I'm going to pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Someone say all. All flesh, that means you, young, old, male, female, black, white, Republican, Democrat. God's going to pour out His Spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy. You know, in order to prophesy, we first have to have an ear which hears from heaven. 
And see, when we prophesy, we speak what God speaks into any situation. And I believe that God's going to deposit His Spirit into you. You're going to speak in your job. You're going to speak in your workplace. As mom and as fathers, you're going to speak in your homes. You're going to bring hope. You're going to bring life. And that, that in itself, when God pours His Spirit in you, you're going to dream dreams and see visions. And it will lift the atmosphere of this spirit, of this city. It's going to lift the atmosphere of your workplace. It's going to lift the atmosphere of your school in such a way that people are going to be lifted into God's presence and they're going to become better. Come on, anyone grateful that God is going to use us to make the city better? City Lift is such an apt name for this church. Well, i got to say likewise, Pastor Matt, love you and Pastor Alyssa, you guys are the real deal. To meet a couple who really loves people and loves God, it's actually, it should be uh, something which is prolific, but it is rare. You really do love people, and I think it's so special. You know, and I felt, um, as I've been praying about coming here over you guys, it's just such a grace and such an anointing. And you do have a double portion. Hello? Those twins, they've got twins. For those who may not know, pastors have twins. And I felt it was a beautiful picture that God is showing you guys of the double portion that He's pouring out in and has already poured out in your life. You know, Elijah in the Bible was one of these great prophets the Bible talks about. And in Elisha, his protege was coming after him and said, I want a double portion. I mean, he was doing things like raising the dead. He was doing all these great miracles. And this guy comes and said, give me double of what you got. It's like, that's a lot. But I feel that uh, what he said, Elisha said to Elijah, the, the, the prophet that was coming, uh, Elijah said to Elisha, the prophet that was coming after him, if you can stay with me, until the end, you will have what you've asked for. And it's the staying power that releases the double portion. And I believe that God says you have the staying power and that double portion is coming upon you. You're around other people and the double portion is going to look a little bit like the people that you've surrounded yourself with, the mentors that you're gleaning from, that you'll have what they have. But God's also going to place something upon you and also uh, Alyssa. And that double portion is going to cause such growth such health and such blessing upon you, your family, and everyone that is connected up under your leadership and your pastorship, it's going to bless them. Come on, if you're grateful for your pastors, thank God for them. You see, when we start to sing songs like we were singing, I will build my church, and that song, I am who you say I am, you see, they're prophetic statements. And I believe that God's going to give you guys songs that's going to continue to speak into the atmosphere, that's going to shift hearts, and it's going to shift people's life. And people who come in broken are going to walk out blessed. People who come out hurting are going to walk out healed because you guys have sang and sang songs over them. Ah, oh, you're looking at me. And I tell you, when God moves, you just want to just move with Him. You know, the Bible says that God's going to pour out His Spirit. And I just like to speak what I see in people's lives. Is that okay just for a minute? Is that good? I mean, I can't even see a timer anywhere. <laughs> but I promise I won't be long. I will be done by this time tomorrow. <laughs> right now, as I want to continue in this series that we're in right now around church misconceptions. Who knows it's easy to have misconceptions in life? It's easy. Uh, you can have misunderstandings and misconceptions about people. And here's a thought I want you to write down straight away. If you wrongly diagnose your identity you'll wrongly prescribe your destiny. Uh, not everyone's taking notes, so let me say it one more time. For those taking notes and for those who want to go to heaven, 
<laughs> I'm just joking. I encourage you to take notes because it's easy to forget this stuff, that if we wrongly diagnose the identity, we will wrongly prescribe the destiny. What I say there, because I believe tonight, today I want to center this message around the thought of identity, identity, misconceptions about who we are and whose we are. You know, for example, if, I, if I've got an ankle that's um, broken, if I wrongly diagnose that it's a broken angle, ankle and I think it's cancerous and I, I, I fill my body with chemotherapy, who knows that if I wrongly diagnose, I'll wrongly treat. Likewise, if, I've got a, if, I've got a, uh, if I do have cancer, which God is able to heal, come on, he says, all disease, I will heal all your dis-ease in Psalm 100. I want to declare that over someone right now who walked in whether, wondering whether God can heal. I'm telling you, we serve a healing God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if God can raise Jesus Christ from the dead, that same God is here today to be able to heal cancer, to be able to break every cancerous cell. Come on, anyone else excited about that than me? I'm declaring that and believing the truth of Jesus Christ, that our God is a healer. But if it is a cancer that we have and we think it's just a scratch and we put a band-aid on to treat cancer, who knows that's going to be ineffective. Likewise, I want to, that's why I want to just focus on this identity because I believe that as a church and as a people all around the globe that many of us revealed by COVID are in an identity crisis. And so today, uh, centering this message around Jesus, the foundational scripture is this, Philippians 2.9. Philippians 2.9, and it says this. It says, Therefore, God exalted him, speaking of Jesus, to the highest place. To where? To the highest place, the place of highest honor. That means there is no place that is higher. There's no office higher that we can appeal to for justice, that we can look to for truth, that we can look to for answers and solutions than the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Come on, the louder you shout, the quicker I preach. Amen? Amen. All right. There is no higher name than Jesus. And it says God has given him, Jesus, the name above all other names. The name above all other names. You see, names are so important to God. Someone say names. Names are so important to God, in fact, that when he commissions us to go into all the world, when he calls us to go into every sphere of society, thank you so much, when he calls us to go into medicine, when he calls us to go into media, when he calls us to go into the school, wherever you work, into real estate, into makeup artistry, into design, when, when you go in there, God says, I want you to do that, baptizing that place, that means to immerse them, centered around names. Did you know that? That is the commission. To go into your work, to go into school and baptize them. In Matthew 28, it says this. Baptize them. Go make disciples of all nations, followers of Jesus. Baptizing them in the, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, names are so important to God because every name carries a narrative. Every name has a story to it. In fact, when God wants to bless us, He does so by addressing the name. You know, in the Bible, there was a young man, uh, he was actually quite old, actually, Abram. God goes to Abram, who's been believing for a child for over 80 years, and he changes his name from Abram to Abraham, which means father of many nations. Uh, another person in the Bible, Jacob, uh, was, the Bible says Jacob wrestled with God. He wrestled with God and said, God, I want you to bless me, and I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And so the Bible says Jacob wrestled with the angel, and, and the angel finally left him, and Jacob was blessed. 
I want to ask you this morning, what was the blessing? What was the blessing that Jacob got? The, the blessing was a name change from Jacob to Israel. Jacob to Israel. See, anytime God wants to bless you, he does so by addressing the name because every name carries with it a narrative, a story. At the same time, when the devil wants to curse us, he does so by addressing the the name. You see, Daniel in the Bible, the Bible says, was a young man who was well-informed, quick to understand, qualified to serve in the king's palace. The Bible says he was a good-looking young man, like my mother told me I am. Come on, thank God for mothers. Amen. Amen. The Bible said all that Daniel had all these exceptional qualities. And so King Nebuchadnezzar wanted to uh, take advantage of these exceptional qualities that he had. And he wanted him to uh, serve under the king and look after all his affairs. And the Bible said that he didn't want him to usurp the king's authority. So he tried to change his name to make him subservient to the king. So he changed Daniel's name to Belteshazzar. It's not a very cool name, whatever century you're in. In fact, he actually tried to do the same thing to his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. I mean, <laughs> uh, oh, come on. He must have been a brother because he refused to go into that. He says, I don't care. I will not bow to you, king. Even if you put me in the fire, I know that I serve a God who will take me through the fire. And he walked through the fire. He didn't get burnt. He didn't come out even smelling like smoke. Come on, anyone grateful that we serve a God who's able to cover us and protect us when we put him first? Who knows, Pastor Matt, he might have been even Cuban. I mean, legal. Come on, he might have been Hispanic. Because they're fire as well. Come on, baby. You see, the devil, when he wants to curse you, he does so by addressing the name. At the same time, when God wants to bless you, he does so by addressing the name. And I believe that many of us, because of church misconceptions, because of identity misconceptions. Now, remember, we sang the song, build your church, build your church, build it from the bottom up, build your, we are your church. Someone touch your stomach and say, I'm your church. See, God wants to build you. And if you have a misconception about your identity, you'll deploy into a very destructive destiny. And so that's why this morning I'm speaking to you for this thought. Let me just give a thought around what we're sharing today. New name, new narrative. Amen? New name, new narrative. Because if you don't love the narrative and the story of your life, check the name that you've been living under. Check the name that you've been answering to. And if God can address the name, he'll address the narrative. And I believe that today God's going to deposit new names in our life. We're almost there, but let's just pray right now, even in the middle of this message. Father, we just thank you for your presence that here. We thank you for your presence coming to us, your people, to give us the power we need and the peace we need to fulfill your great purpose. Above my voice, we ask that we, you would, we would hear your voice speak today in Jesus' name, to make us more like you, holy, healthy, happy, and bring in heaven to earth. We ask this in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. 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 Well, look, the sweetest name to me, apart from Jesus, that is, is Emma Louise Mullings. What's up, girl? <laughs> that is the name of my sweet wife. And uh, actually, let's put a photo of my family just so you guys uh, can see. That's my beautiful family. Who said, ah? Oh. Let me just tell you what four kids is really like. Four kids is like taking your favorite ingredients because you love them and you're putting it in a blender to make a smoothie. Someone turns it on and forgets to put the lid on. It's crazy and wild, but it's awesome. Love them. 
Well, this right here is Hosanna Emma Grace Mullings. This handsome boy is Jeremiah Maxwell Joshua Mullings. We've got Israel Charlotte Hope Mullings and Kingston Jesse Moses Mullings. If you hear any screaming in the back, yes, it's probably my kids. They, they take after their mother. So uh, love them. We can take that off. I'm blessed. Come on, Australia. That's my Angelina Jolie lookalike with the heart of Mother Teresa and the wisdom of Joyce Meyer. Come on, baby. I scored. That's called punching, man. Punching well above your weight. Let's go. I am blessed. I love, uh, but when I met Emma, she wasn't Emma Louise Mulling. She was actually Emma Louise Wilson. Now, we actually met working at a radio station in Australia um, called Today FM. Now, working at Today FM, we were working in the promotional team. Uh, they're the ones that hand out the free stuff. You know, the ones that drive around in the promotional vehicles and hand out like chocolate, coffee, CDs. Anyone know what a CD is? Yeah, there's a fossil right there, if you remember what that is. Uh, we'd hand out the free stuff, and because we were driving around across the city handing out this stuff to listeners, uh, we got to know each other, you know, quite well. And I remember it was a Saturday night. We were working at the radio station, and we got back quite late. And so we got back to the station, and I was on the phone because I'm a musician as well, and I was organizing some music for church the next day. And um, because Emma wanted to get out of the station because we finished late because the, the last destination was so far to town, she decided to fill out my timesheet for me. And it was back in the old school days where they did, you know, handwritten timesheets. So she wrote time in, she wrote time out, and she got to the name and wrote Terence for me. And then she realized she didn't actually know my last name. So she comes over and she taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, what's your last name? I said, my last name is Mullings, M-U-L-L. I-N-G-S, and you better remember that, because it'll be yours one day. <laughs> oh, baby! What? You are welcome. That's called Christian Dating 101, and for every person that is single here, you are extremely welcome. In Australia, we call that flirt to convert. I don't recommend it at all. It actually took us about five years to get back on the same page, but uh, God is good. You see, once my dear friend uh, Emma Louise Wilson found out my name was Mullings, she did everything in her power to make sure that name was going to be hers one day. She nods her head like this, but don't, please don't ask her after the service to clarify the validity of this story. While I have the microphone, this is exactly how it went. It was true, wasn't it, babe? Well, the story was true. Maybe not about how she, the story was true, but not how much she wanted the name Mullings. But you see, the name Mullings, he, why, why was she so desperate to get that name? Because every name comes with certain power, certain privilege, certain privilege, and certain position. Every name comes with power, privilege, and position. Now, granted, she thought the name Mullings came with a whole lot more power and privilege than it did. I remember while we lived in Australia, I told her I had a condo down in Miami. <laughs> I forgot to tell her the condo was my grandma's. <laughs> and, and I forgot to tell her it was in the hood as well. <laughs> but anyway, she's forgiven me. Pray for that girl. You see, names will do one of two things. I want you to write this down. Names will either be life-giving or they will be limiting. The name that we live under, the name that we carry will either be life-giving or limiting. Life-giving in such a way that it opens up the realm of possibility and it propels us into heavenly places. Or the name that we can be living under will actually be something that locks us up into this earthly prison. 
And why is this so important? Because I believe many of us in this day and age have been living under a name and a, a name that has become a label, which has become a lid. A lid that blocks us from God's blessings, God's highest and best for our life. And instead of living like the princes that God has called us to live like, we're living like paupers. Instead of living in the riches and the royalty that God has for us, we're living like riffraff instead of royalty. And I believe that today, as we understand the name and the identity that God speaks over, it's going to shatter the negative narrative that we've been living. A lot of us have been going around the same circles, feeling the same anxiety, feeling the same depression over our life, feeling a block from being able to step into God's purpose, whether it's on a career, we keep self-sabotaging on our job, whatever we're trying to step into, we can't seem to. Maybe it's because we've been living under a label which has become a lid. And today, God wants us to find the name that He speaks over our life. You know, if I say the name Nelson Mandela, has a narrative to it. Martin Luther King Jr., Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Mother Teresa. See, names carry a narrative and we want the Christ narrative over our life and not to label ourselves, which is something that is far beneath that God wants for our life. You know, my name is Terence Washington Earl Mullings, as I said. My dad actually gave me that name. My Jamaican father. Anyone from Jamaica here? Yeah, mom, we got one family. Fantastic. We're doing really well. That's great odds. <laughs> You see, my Jamaican father, I don't know if you guys had a father that was similar to, he, he, great father, but he had some parenting fails. My father had some parenting fails. He used to walk up to me and say some of the most random stuff. You know, one time my dad walked up to me and says, Terence, is why you never finish nothing. And I said, well, first of all, dad, the word is not nothing. The word is nothing. And I just finished your sentence, so I do finish things. <laughs> Let's just say I had to back up a few steps. <laughs> he had the same father. Because, and I said, okay, dad, humor me. Why is it that I never finish nothing? He says, you never finish nothing, man. It's true because if I ask you to clean your room, you do it for three minutes and then you finish. If I ask you to do your homework, you do it for one minute. You don't even finish everything and you stop. If I ask you to get dressed, you put on your shorts, you put on your shoes, you never wear a shirt. I was like, well, dad, who needs a shirt when you look like this? That was a joke. That was totally a joke. That was just for my wife, everybody. I said, humor me, Dad. He said, man, you never finished nothing. You want to know why? You never finished nothing because you were born cesarean. <laughs> what? Yeah, man, you were born cesarean section. You couldn't even finish the birthing process. <laughs> Savage parenting. It is not a parenting tip if you would like one right there. You know, I'm sure my father said it in jest. He was joking. But it's interesting, as I trace the script of my life, the story of my life, and I look back over the narrative of my, my, my life, that those words actually became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because I started a lot of things that I didn't finish. It was almost like I gave up before I even gave it a chance. Started a Pro Tools music producing course, didn't finish that. Starting a security guarding course, started that, didn't finish that. And I wonder what name that you have been living under, that God didn't author. You know, it might not be a name that a parent gave you. It might be something that a, a, an authoritative figure over your life spoke over your life. Maybe that name is that you are not pretty enough. You're unworthy. You're not good enough. You're just this. 
just a black man, just a woman, can't break that glass ceiling. What labels have people put over you that God didn't author? That we've called our soul identifier. Maybe the label is that uh, I'm too big a sinner. God could never use me. I've made too many mistakes. I'm too old. I'm too young. It's too late for my life. I'm telling you, God wants to break those labels and declare over your life with Jesus Christ living in you that nothing is impossible. Come on, you are more than an overcomer in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has paid for all of our sins, all of our shame, and we are new in Him. Anyone believe that? Truly believe that here this morning? Maybe it's not a name someone spoke over you. Maybe it's as you look on Instagram. As you look on Instagram, Instagram, tell me who I really am. Or look on Facebook, Facebook, tell me how my life should look. And we compare ourselves to everyone else. And then we think, by now, I should have been married or bought a house or or, or had children. And you feel you are a failure or incomplete. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You see, God's timing and God's strategy is so different and so unique. You have a call that is so unique and so different from everyone else. You are running your race. Who cut in on you? Get out of someone else's lane because even if you finish on the finish line, you will be disqualified. But anyone grateful that God has a lane for us to run so unique, fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God that the only thing I'm competing against is what Christ has spoken inside of me. Come on, anyone thankful that they're a new creation, that God has a unique plan for you in your life. You know, those labels that people speak over us, God wants to speak a new label. He wants to let you know that you're an overcomer, that you're a king's kid. You know, in fact, we're not what people say we are. Let's not limit ourselves with labels that become lids. And let's realize the true identity, the real conception, not the misconception, is that I am who he says I am. I am a child of God. I am a what? I am a child of God. You're a king's kid. You are royalty. You're a royal priesthood. Come on, God's got divine plans for you. You're a holy nation. There is nations inside of you to reach. Cultures, cities for you to take. God has great things in store for you. You know, it was only during a 40-day fast, actually in October, November 2014, that I went on that God gave me clarity that I'd actually been living under a name, a label which had become a lid in my life. And during that time, God, one of the few things God said to me that really revealed that was shifted the narrative of my life, of starting so many things that I didn't finish. He said, hey, Terrence, remember, the reason why you don't finish so many things, it's because you start so many things that I didn't author. The reason you don't finish so many things is because you start so many things I didn't author. And I feel that we live in a generation who are just so busy with all this activity. We're just trying to do, do, do. We're going for the grind. We're going for this. And, and, it, and it's good. And I get why we do it. We do it because we've heard the motivational speaker. And I'm, as a pastor, I've even said this, you know, that God can't turn a moving ship. But I'm telling you, my God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. And I believe that instead of just taking any step, God wants us to take destiny steps. The Bible says the steps of a good person are ordered by the the Lord. The Bible says, wait on the Lord and renew your strength. Come on, I'm telling you, that 40-day fast was the most sublime, surreal time where God spoke to me. And maybe some of you are looking for answers from God in which direction for you to go, which direction for you to take. Maybe you need just to do even fast one meal. 
Because what we do when we fast, we actually press pause on the natural. And we turn the amplifier up on the spiritual. And we say to our flesh, no, no, you need to submit to the spirit because we are spirit. And I believe some of you are going to get divine answers that you've been looking for as you just take that moment to put God first. You know, during that time, he took me to this uh, 40-day fast. He took me to the story of Abraham and said, Terence, you aren't alone. There was others in the Bible who didn't finish what I told them to do. I'm like, hang on, Abraham, the father of faith, the progenitor of the Israelite people. He said, yeah, yeah, Abraham. Now, if you don't know the story of Abraham, maybe you're new. The story of Abraham is uh, one of those men in the Bible who God changed his name from Abram to Abraham, father of many nations, believing for a child for about 80 years, can't have a child, finally gets the promise of this child. And then God says, I want you to sacrifice this child. And so the Bible says that Abraham got up really early one morning before his iPhone went off. <laughs> yes, they did have iPhones because it was biblical times. So holy phones like iPhones. It wasn't an Android. Hey, oh, lost year. Had you there, now lost you. So he gets up early, and who knows he would have to get up early. Because can you imagine the picture if Sarah, his wife, saw him getting up with Isaac, the promised child, for 80 years they've been believing for in one hand, and a knife in the other hand, she'd be like, so it's what you are doing. Watch your boat, not touch me, boy. Don't. I don't know why Sarah turns Jamaican, but... You know those savage mothers who are, will violently protect their children? Come on, that's what she must have been like. So the Bible says that he gets up early, saddles his donkey, takes two of his male servants with him, because the Bible says he was rich in cattle and servants, and he goes, traverses the, the trains, and he gets to the bottom of the mountain, and he says this, watch this, watch this. He says, you wait here, the boy and I will go yonder. The boy and I will go further. Isn't it interesting that he had to separate himself from the people so he could actually truly hear the voice of God? I wonder how many of us need to do that, that we got so much noise trying to tell us, this is who you are. You're a Republican. You're a Democrat. Do you know those, that dichotomy doesn't even exist in billions of people around the world? We don't identify ourselves based on a political party. We don't just identify ourselves on that. Come on, we identify ourselves on the fact that Jesus is the Lord of our life and we're king's kids. And so the Bible says that, because can you imagine the pressure he would have felt from his servants to actually, oh, come on, you're Abraham. Come on, you hear from God. Go on, do it. Do what God told you to do. But I love that he separated himself from the push of the people to feel the gentle pull from heaven. And as he was traversing the mountain on this side, unbeknownst to him on the other side of the mountain, God was sending this little lamb up. So when he went to sacrifice Isaac, his son, and he lifted the knife, the God said, stop, look, he has provided a way out. And I'm telling you, a lot of us have been sacrificing who we truly are, trying to do everything in our own strength. And God says, you don't have to pay for your own sins. You don't have to pay for your own salvation. Come on, I've provided a sacrificial lamb. His name is Jesus Christ. He has taken away every sin. He's taken away every shortcoming. And he has made a way. Come on, anyone really grateful that we serve a God who has provided Jesus Christ, who is the lamb? We must keep listening to the consistent Word of God because if we don't, we're going to actually do something and destroy the dream that God has placed upon our life if we don't turn our ear to hear the voice of God. He also showed me that in my life, I do actually have the spirit of a finisher because Jesus lives inside of me. 
Now, the Bible says about Jesus that he's the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus hung on the cross and said, it is finished. Come on, I'm telling you, there is a spirit of finisher living inside of you. What God has started in you, he will see to completion because he's God's, our God is faithful to finish the good work that he started in you. Amen? You know, as we wrap up here, the spirit of a finisher lives inside of us. You know, my story does have a good ending. I didn't finish this, the Pro Tool songwriting music producing course, but I was able to co-write with my wife one of her, uh, her first album, which went to number one on the Christian charts in Australia. Come on. How good is our God? Takes our mess and turns it into a message. Takes our brokenness and turns it into blessing. So I've been talking today about this thought, about the name. What name have we been living under? And so you're probably thinking, well, how do I discover the name that God has for me? Because if the name is what's affecting the narrative, if my identity is what's affecting the destiny, how do I discover this name? Well, I'm glad you asked. That is a great question. The Bible makes it really clear in Daniel 11. It says this, Daniel 11, 32. The second half of the verse says this, Those that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. You know, many of us want to do great exploits. We want to do something for the kingdom of God and bring heaven to earth. But the doing is actually affected by the, the being. The being, who we be, our identity is actually what affects the destiny. And that's why I said at the start, if you wrongly diagnose your identity, you will wrongly deploy into your destiny. If you wrongly diagnose your identity, you will deploy into a very disappointing destiny. So if we want to fix the destiny, it all comes back to know what the identity is. But the identity comes from knowing God. Who is this God? You know, the Bible says many things about who God is. In the Old Testament, it says he's Jehovah Jireh. That means he's God, my provider. And someone came in here today questioning, God, are you going to provide for my family? How are we going to get the groceries? How are we going to pay rent? God says that I am Jehovah Jireh, who's able to supply all your needs, not according to your education, not according to your looks or your connections, but according to His riches in Jesus Christ. The Bible says Jesus is Jehovah Shalom, God my peace. You know, so many names for God in the Old Testament, but I love when Jesus turns up, He flips the script. And it's no longer all these names about who God is, which He is, and He is your peace. And you will walk out of here with supernatural peace today. But he, Jesus turns up and it's not these rules and regulations to get to God, but He opens up the heaven and He comes down to earth so we don't have rules, but have a relationship with our Father in heaven. So it's not just Jehovah this and Messiah this. It is in Matthew 6, 9, He says, this is how you should pray our Father. That's how God wants us to know Him as Father. Because if we know his, Him as Father, then everything He is, we are. Everything that is, has access to into His name, we have access to. See, my children as mullings have access to my name and access to all that I have. So three quick takeaways. These are the takeaways I love you to have from this message. The thought is, I am not just this. I am a child of God. Okay, so the name, how do you discover your name itself? Because the Father has a name for you. The three ways is this. First of all, Google your name. Research your name. It sounds unspiritual, but check this. 
Every parent, when they have a child, I believe God gives them a prophetic edge to name that child. Who knows that parents think about about the name of their children? Remember I told you what my name was? Terrence Washington Earl Mullings. So do you realize before I was placed in my mother's womb that God knew I was coming? And my parents prophesied over me the name Terrence actually means, watch this, tender. Tender. There's actually a double meaning. In the Norse, uh, it actually means God of thunder. (laughs) I think I like that one better. Come on, baby. The name Terrence means tender. The name Washington means intelligent one. Intelligent one. And the name Earl means noble chief and leader. Isn't it amazing that before my parents knew what God had called me to do, that they prophesied over my life that I would be a noble chief and leader as a pastor, to lead God's people with a wisdom and intelligence, not of the earth, but from heaven. But I would do it with a tenderness and a gentleness. But be able to bring the thunder, come on, against the enemy whenever God needs it to destroy the one who's been destroying his people. What is the name that God has given you? I encourage you to Google it. My wife's name is Emma. Do you know what Emma means? It actually means healer. And it's amazing as you hear her story one day that God has healed her from so much tragedy, offense, awful stuff, to now be so healed, she's bringing healing to others. You know, I googled your name, Pastor Matt. Matt, Matthew means gift from God. And who knows, Pastor Matt is a gift to our lives. Amen? Amen. I want you to Google that name. After you Google it, research your name. The second thing I'd love you to do is to find a biblical character that resonates with you. All right? Now, what I mean, you remember when uh, um, John the Baptist was in the womb and he goes up to Mary and uh, Elizabeth, go up to each other, and the Bible says the babies did what? Leaped in the womb. They jumped. You'll find a biblical character that jumps out at you. You know, for me, it's Moses. Moses was this young boy who was put down the river Nile to protect him from the enemy Egyptians trying to kill him. He's about to die, but then God sends a rescuer. You know, God even sent his enemy to rescue him. So Pharaoh's trying to kill the babies, but Pharaoh's daughter finds his little child and raises him as her own. And his name was Moses because Moses means drawn out. Why is that significant to me? Well, for me personally, when we lived here in South Florida, when I was six years old, we were living down in Miami, Florida, Opelika area. Come on in the hood. And my dad took us down to the beach. And I remember he put us on this big inflatable my sister and I, and we actually floated out too far. Sadly, we both fell off, and we actually started drowning. And it got so bad, I actually got to the place where I was hallucinating, thinking I was breathing underwater. And isn't it interesting, the same place, South Florida, where the devil tried to take me out, God now sends me back 20 years later to take him out, to destroy the one that's been destroying God's people, to disturb the one that's been disturbing God's people. Come on, we serve a God who's able to turn it all around. He can turn your story around, and what the devil meant for evil, God can use for good. Are you the Esther that God is calling in this day and age, who God's going to use both your beauty and your brains to place you in a place that you wouldn't normally have access to so you can speak and advocate for God's people? Are you the Deborah that's going to rise? You know, the Bible says that when village life had ceased, that Deborah rose up as a prophetess, as a mother. Come on, village life had ceased, COVID, we get it. In this season, there's Deborahs that are rising. Are you the Joseph that's going to rise in this season? 
You know what the Bible said about Joseph? That even in a time when there was a famine, that God blessed him with wisdom from heaven that he was fruitful even in the famine. And I believe right here, right now, that God is depositing truth and a new name and a story over you. Research your name, number one. Number two, find a biblical character that resonates with you. But the third thing is this, when all else fails, we can take the name that the Bible says is above every other name. The name of Jesus that the Bible said is famous in heaven and it is feared in hell. It is a name that makes demons tremble. It is the name that makes heaven stand at attention to watch over every word that is spoken in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. And when God speaks, heaven stands at attention. And I believe that there is a name that we can take to rewrite our stories and to reroute our destinies by taking on the name of Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says about Jesus in Isaiah, He is wonderful. What in your world right now is not wonderful? God wants to turn up and actually take the brokenness and make you so shift that circumstance that people will wonder, wow, how? The Bible says his name is Counselor. You know, some of us are about to give up on the dream that God's placed in our life, possibly about to give up on a marriage. And God's saying, no, no, no. The Holy Spirit is a counselor. And his appointment book is actually quite empty. Would you make an appointment with him this week just to seek God and hear what he's saying? Get, get the wisdom from heaven. His name is Everlasting Father. Your fa earthly father might have walked away, might have abandoned you. But God says, I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. You have a father who loves and a father who cares. You see, you have a father in heaven and we're not just what the world says who we are. I am who you say I am. And the reason why that's important is because, you see, anyone can have a child. What I mean by that is like you can have a child without actually really, what I mean is we can have surprises, okay? It's like, whoops. <laughs> and they're the biggest blessing you've ever received in your life. But who knows? Nobody ever adopts a child that they don't want. Never, because to, to adopt a child, you have to go into that agency, look for that child. You desire them so much that you want to bring them into your family. Give them your name. And this morning, you have a Father in heaven who has searched you out. When you've been far from God, when you felt uh, inadequate, when you felt insecure, when you feel like you don't measure up and there's not, you are not enough, your Father in heaven says that you are enough. And I want you and I desire you so much that I'm calling you into relationship. You know, this morning, you cannot change the narrative and the story of your life unless you actually get the author of life to do that for us. You see, life is not just this temporal thing we have right here. It actually goes for eternity. And if you are here today and you don't have a relationship with your Father in heaven, who loves you with an unconditional love, who actually opened heaven and came down here to earth to pay for all your mistakes, all our, all our sin, all our shame. He's here this morning and He wants to meet with you. He wants to change the narrative of your story to be one that's holier, healthier, to bring so much joy than you could ever meet, but actually to spend eternity with Him. And the Bible says that the way that He does that is with words. We shift the narrative. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you shall be saved.
So we're going to pray a prayer of salvation right now that allows you to be adopted into the family of God where He gives you a new name, child of God. So with every eye closed and every head bowed right here, and I'm asking you to close your eyes just for the privacy of the people around you. This is a moment between you and God. No one looking around. If you are here this morning and you would love me to include you in this next prayer, and you know you need this prayer to be born again into the family of God to spend eternity with Jesus, would you lift that hand up high to say, Terrence, include me in that prayer. I'm not going to ask you to come down the front. We're not going to embarrass you, but we want you to know that you are spending eternity with Jesus. Awesome, I see that hand. You can pop it down. Great decision, sir. Come on, anyone else? Pop that hand up high. Say, you're saying yes to Jesus. I want the name of Jesus. I want to be born again into the family of God. I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm spending eternity with Jesus, that the narrative changes because I have a new name. Lift those hands up high one more time. Let me acknowledge it. You can pop it back down. Awesome. Why don't we pray this prayer? Say, dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to find me, and to forgive me. Today, I follow you. Make me more like you. A new creation. In Jesus' name, I believe you died for me and rose again so I can have eternal life. And because of that, I am saved. Father, I thank you for the salvation. Come on, can we just thank God this morning for his word? Father, we worship you. We praise you, Jesus. God, we thank you that you're a good God. God, I want to declare a new name over your people. No longer will we be the broken names. No longer will we live the negative narrative that people have spoken over our life. No longer will we accept the shame. No, no longer will we accept the brokenness. God, I thank you that we are healed. I thank you that we are whole. I thank you that we are blessed. I thank you that we are more than overcomers in Jesus' name. If you believe that, would you shout a big amen? Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing week.